From CRI Simple Numbers, this is Profitability Playbook, the Simple Numbers Podcast, a podcast for those who champion market growth and anchor the nation's economy, small businesses, and entrepreneurs. All right. Well, thank you all for joining the uh, Simple Numbers Profitability Playbook podcast. Um, I'm Mike Maxson. This is Brandon Gray and, of course, speaker, author, entrepreneur, Greg Crabtree. Um, this is our very first podcast. Uh, guys, how you uh, how you feeling about it? Ready to rock the world with some good data and good insight to uh, deal with a very difficult economy. No doubt. It's been uh, one of those things we've been planning for some time, and uh, so ready to, to, to share and spread some good news. Yeah, I think me and Brandon are notorious for the uh, water water cooler ideas. I think our mastermind group and several other things have come from that. And we've always like, man, we'd love to have a podcast. And and so this is it. Um, one of the things that uh, we're going to kick off with is one of our favorite topics, and and it's a market update. And um, just to give you a quick little background, um, you know, we obviously consult with companies all over the U.S., um, small businesses, um, and, and various industries. And we we keep a a aggregated hundred company financial model, and it's our it's one of our leading economic indicators of what's going on in the in the economy. And so today we wanted to kick off with the market update and uh, provide you all an insight of what we're seeing um, in that model. And then um, we'll kick off, you know, we'll, we'll ask questions about our client base and and what we're seeing across the people we work with and what they're saying. So should have some good stuff for you today. And uh, Greg, let's hear it. All right. Well, as Mike said, I mean, one of the unique things about the simple numbers practice is we, we don't make a particular focus in any any industry, in any geography. Our clients are all over the U.S. We have international clients as well, but we exclude them from the Hunter Company model. And this model was born out of uh, research that I used for the Simple Numbers 2.0 book. And we decided to keep it going once I published the book in 2020. And, and it's really proven to be insightful because really... I mean, here's the question for everybody that's listening. I mean, what does the government know about your data right now for 2023? Uh, And, you know, here we are, you know, at the end of August of of 2023, and they know nothing, nothing. They don't really know anything about 22 because you can say, well, I filed my tax return. Mm, Maybe if it wasn't extended. But but at the end of the day, they don't look at tax returns for statistical economic data anyway, because it's a different basis of accounting most of the times. And, And so there really is a void of actionable information that's that's available in the market. And I don't know that it takes a ton. I mean, we chose to use 100 companies. I started off with 50. We expanded it to 100. And I really feel like the 100 has been extremely spot on to tell us what is the direction of the economy, what's really happening, you know, both in terms of growth, but also in terms of productivity and profitability trends. And and, and so it's, it's really been one of those that has told us that, uh, you know, we, we saw the labor crunch you know, coming in 2019 before COVID hit. And one of the overarching things that I've always said, you know, from looking at the data is we'd be here at this point, whether COVID happened or not. COVID was this big distraction that really caused us to lose comparability of information that, um, you know, people just kind of lost their basis. And, And some people, you know, some of our clients really did really well during COVID. Some struggled. Uh, but most of them, you know, did just fine, you know, but they're they're finding a different footing now that some of all of that is kind of flushed out of the system. 
And, you know, we're definitely seeing softness, uh, contrary to what the government's information is showing that the economy expanded uh, in the second quarter of 23. Our data doesn't show that. We're, we've actually been on a decline since October of 22. Uh, and the first thing that I look at is rolling 12 data. We think rolling 12 information is the most significant data point because it's the, it's the truth number. It's got all 12 months, all four quarters, every dog ate your homework excuse has been eliminated. And we've seen a declining trend of of rolling 12 revenue for the hunter company model, you know, since, um, since October. Now the good side is, is people that we work with, we teach them this idea of revenue is not to be all to end all because it's the idea of it's really gross margin that matters more than revenue. And a lot of our clients have been able to moderate some of that decline in, in revenue with better gross margin, which means typically either pricing or productivity has been used to overcome that. But still, um, it, it, it's been a slog. The, actually, the probably to me in the hunter company model, the most significant uh, insight has been we've gone 24 consecutive months of rolling 12 flat to declining profit dollars. And so, so it means that if there's been some elevation of revenue during that time frame, it means profit percentages have fallen but profit dollars are flat, and, and in the last six months, actually, profit dollars have declined. And, hey, Greg, and so, hey, Greg, real quick, quick question. One, one of the things I like when I look at it is looking at the data from the, the, pre, the pre-COVID base, the, uh-huh. the December 2019 data, where you know we have all this activity in the marketplace that's happened from 2019 until now in terms of revenue, but overall uh-huh. margin, profitability, um, not much movement there. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, if you if you go back and look at the 2019 data right before COVID hit, um, we're actually just now hitting the point of dropping below the rate of profit that's below that. Now, there's been significant growth. Now, when we talk about growth, let, let's, let's define what growth is. Is growth doing more stuff or charging more for the stuff we do? And it, it's a really hard number. I mean, I, I, I will I will give latitude to anybody trying to measure inflation because it is really, really hard to measure. But at the end of the day, I think the actual real inflation, I think most of us would agree that the inflation we feel is significantly higher than what the government statistics report. And I think that's pretty much true because on all of our consulting calls, I mean, we're just pounding clients to, you got to push prices, you got to push prices, you got to push prices. And, and so and when we report this data on our hunter company model, it's not inflation adjusted. It is it is just the raw data. Um, and and so from that standpoint, I think we're now entering a phase where we actually are in real output terms, probably at least 10 percent below where we were in, in terms of capability you know, at the peak of COVID. But there again, there was a lot of, you know, government funding money, a lot of money just flowing freely in the economy. If you really inflation adjust it, I think productivity is probably off about 10%. But we are seeing some settling. We're seeing in our shorter rolling three data, we're seeing the, the economy is finding its footing. And I think everybody is kind of figuring out where they fit. And, you know, and, you know, kind of our mantra that we use with a lot of our clients is you got to get profitable what you got. 
and practically just about every uh, consulting uh, session that we do right now, we start off in that fix it, you know, of, of helping a, a company, you know, find their footing is, you know, why would you grow a model that's not profitable? And so you got to get profitable what you got. And then you decide, can I grow? And can't is is the marketplace going to let me grow? Um, you know, so you, you look at those and and Greg, so, to be clear, you yeah. want him to get to that 10 percent, right? I, you know, 10, 10 percent. I mean, one of the things that, you know, you have to be careful when you throw out percentages relative to, you know, business industries. And one of the things we, we've really focused on lately and tried to teach people, you know, kind of setting targets is, you know, I still stand by in the first book. I say at 5%, you're on life support of profit, 10% profit, you're a good business, 15% is great. That works well if you're a 40% or higher gross margin business. If you're a 40% or lower gross margin business, you have to change your metric. You have to look at profit at relative to gross margin, not profit to revenue. And if you're a below a 40% gross margin business, take those same numbers and you move them up 5%. And so I need to be at a minimum, uh, you know, uh, 15%. It, you know, to be a good business, I want to be at, at 15% profit to gross margin. 20 is really good. 25 is, is, is great uh, if I'm that low gross margin business. And what we're finding is people really try to, to find industries, you know, to push. They gravitate to these low gross margin businesses that have a lot of activity, but very little profit accomplishment. And you got to be careful you know, in terms of reaching for revenue that really doesn't produce margin and doesn't produce ultimately produce profit. Uh, so, but, yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to mention here, you know, as you kind of look at that inflation number and Greg was talking about reaching for revenue, a data point that really stands out in that hundred company model is if you mm -hmm. look at the level of profitability, these hundred companies are at, I'll, I'll use round numbers uh, mm -hmm. from, from that standpoint. So somewhere around $90 million of, of, of profit, net operating income with these companies. The last time they were at that level of profitability was coming out of 2020. At the end of 2020, that level of profitability was being achieved on a, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 800 million in revenue. Since that time though, revenue has increased to 1.1 billion and profit hasn't changed. Right. So that just gives yeah. you an idea of, of the magnitude. You're talking $300 million more of top line activity with the exact yeah. same profitability. So, so is that you all seeing, you know, I mean, I see it in my clients too. I mean, the price increases obviously are part of that. Um, and I still think there's, there's work out there that they're doing and, and winning, but is it also too, they're, they're bearing the costs and the, and the wage inflation as well. Well, I think the challenge is, is your, your profit or your your price increases are are too late. You mm -hmm. your people are not adjusting prices fast enough, and part of that is you know dependent market dependent. You know if you've got long term contracts, you can't change price at, at the moment. But I, I would say the vast majority of our clients, Brandon and, and Mike, you, you share what your experience is. Most of the ones that that we deal with can change prices tomorrow if they want to. And right. they still are scared. And to this point, I mean, we've been through this cycle for, you know, we've been in an inflationary price increase cycle for probably realistically, you know, four years because we were pushing price increases in 2019 uh, because we saw constriction of labor and you had to keep, you, you were seeing 
increase in labor cost in 19 when the shortage really started to happen. And we kept telling clients, you can't you can't charge the same amount if you're paying your people more. You have to increase price. And they resisted it. And and really, you know, right now, I mean, most of them are still scared. But yet I can't name a single occurrence yet where somebody raised price and had a negative outcome. They all have had positive outcomes. Now, I get the fear part. There is a point that there's a bridge too far at some point. The dangerous part is it's just hard to know where that line is. But I can tell you economically, just to your point, Brandon, of what you were saying, when, you know, revenue dollars went up 300 million and profit dollars stayed the same and actually declined a little bit, that's that's not a good trend. And so that's not headed in a good direction. So a couple things uh, you mentioned there, Greg, obviously we're in a an environment to where, I, as, I, as I put it, we're either paddling upstream or you might say we have headwinds from that standpoint. Activity is, is a little bit more difficult to come by. There's yeah. some fear in the marketplace, obviously, anything that is debt backed uh, that um, just doesn't pencil out as well whenever you have interest mm-hmm. rates at the, at the current level they are now. What are some things you, you, you're seeing with clients that are helping them kind of navigate and battle through this? Well, it, it, I, I think the first thing is just the reality of understanding that we're not in a growing marketplace. And and I think if you look at global demographic data, uh, if you anybody that follows Peter Zion's you know uh, podcast and those things, you know, if you look at that information, it's pretty hard to argue against that. You know, we're not going to be able to use growth to get out of the jail. You know, for our errors and our business models. And so it's going to actually shift. The, the good news is if you're the good business, if you're the good operator, you will now start to see over the next three to five years a separation of the good businesses from the weak. You know, in the last 15 years, it was the participation trophy economy. I mean, you, you could you could roll out a business plan and and get by and and. You know, and it was always frustrating for our good clients to really get frustrated that their weak competitors still thrived. And it's like, but in a growing economy, you know, I mean, the, the money's going to flow to whoever's available. That, that, that's not happening right now. And, and it's not going to, to be there except in really select industries. And I, I, I even say, you know, in, in some of those, it's just going to be a challenge because, you know, you're, you're going to be constricted by either demand or you're going to be constricted by labor to, to get, take care of demand. And when I do my talks right now, I always ask every group, you know, how many of you uh, are, are constricted in growth from access to labor? And about half the, the room raises their hand and half the room raises their hand that they don't have demand. And those people who don't have demand are the people whose products and services are, eh, you know, I don't have to have it. I can postpone it. And it sounded good, you know, but it's not a core business. It's not in an area that's growing, um, you know, and, and, you know, and so you're, you're just not in demand. And those that need the labor, it's either a highly technical field or you found that what I call the the highly desired discretionary business where money's not an object. You know, you're dealing with the people as your customer base that have money, have access to resources and and can spend, Um, you know, so, so I think from that standpoint, it's really people understanding that, you know, we're facing a, a, an economy that isn't going to, we're not going to be able to grow our way out of this. And secondarily, because kind of the phrase that I've been using 
is this is the street fight economy. You know, for, if you want to grow, you got to you got to be willing to go get your nose bloody and, and you got to fight for your stuff because the growth will occur by you taking business away from somebody, not the economy expanding and giving you a gift of the market. And, and I'm glad you said I'm glad you said that because when I talk with my clients about things and I use your I use your phrase the participation trophy economy and some of the things we have to get back to because every time things get really good um, and these are things I think about pre-COVID that we would talk about clients with when they come to us and they might be struggling with something. And I would always tell them is, hey, we still got to get, we got to get back to the same thing we've talked about before, right? Right seat, right bucket, understanding your labor structure in your company. Um, we got to make sure we're pricing things right, right? About reevaluating services. Can we, can we increase prices and, or, or um, you know, evaluate those contracts that might be, you know, not priced. Uh, the next thing is improve, improve that gross margin, right? Are we doing high margin work, high valuable work? Are we focused on things that are lower margin stuff? Are we have any cogs and efficiency there? We got to look at. Um, remember, reevaluate your processes and procedures. Should be happening all the time, right? Can you be? Can you get better anywhere? Is there something that can make you, um, you know, more efficient? Um, your change orders, big problem in lots of companies. Every company I work with, somewhere along the line, they're giving away margin, not charging for things. Oh, I go out to the site and the client asked me to do this and never charge for it, never bill it, never hits an invoice. Um, Team member efficiency, right? Monitoring that. We'll talk about another podcast, I'm sure. Labor efficiency and what does that mean and how do I get how much gross margin per labor dollar? Um, and then one of the things we've talked about in, in a million times is, is training. And how do you get people quicker to billable um, when they come on board is, is the companies that obviously can win, can bring on a new person, get them trained up and get them working as, uh, as fast as possible. And Greg even writes about that in his, in his book and the uh, career labor efficiency curve. So um, those are just some of the things to think about, too, in this that you're going to have to get back to and really, uh, really look to execute on. We talk about um, those three rules for business success, uh, figure out what the marketplace needs figure out how to do it profitably, then tell everyone about it. Well, the marketplace is changing. And so if it's been a little while since you've touched base with your client base and trying to determine what is it that they need, you may have to change and shift a little bit. As Greg said a moment ago, it was somewhat of a participation trophy. You just threw something out there and somebody would buy it. Well, that's not the case right now. You've got to look in and you might have to be a little bit more flexible than you've been in the past regarding the types of things that you bring to the table. Uh, but it's really important that you touch base with them, figure out what it is, have some flexibility on how you're going to deliver it from that standpoint. I'm also seeing folks, because it's a little bit more of a difficult environment, uh, they're expanding their footprint. And, and what I mean by that is not just simply geographically, but they're looking and saying, all right, what are high margin services, high margin products that the marketplace needs right now? Do I need to shift and change to some degree and, and, and make sure that I'm delivering from that standpoint? Um, is right now is a time of innovation, you may say. Folks are, are figuring things out, and the entrepreneurial market is always the leader in doing that. And so as you're starting to see some of these, uh, some of our clients uh, expand and, and, and try different things, the market is being receptive to that. So figuring out what it is they need, and then we won't get off into marketing today and telling everyone about it. But uh, good luck with that. It's, it's pretty difficult right now, especially if you're taking that digital approach. So, Well, I, I, you know, just a quick uh, comment on the marketing piece. I've had several discussions in the last month of clients that have now come off of that participation trophy drug, and, and it exposed how much their marketing was actually not performing. 
they were being given a gift of the market and crediting it to marketing success. And it's like, it wasn't marketing success. You were just being handed work because the economy was just out of control, control crazy. Now that you actually have to go do something to create the next lead and get it converted, it's now exposed. Oh, wait a minute. That actually wasn't working. I was spending a lot of money for that. And you know, I mean, we, we had one client that is in the real estate industry that was spending over $200,000 a month, a, a month in, in marketing. And now with that industry is really dropped back, it, you know, you drain the lake and now you see the stumps. And, <laughs> and, and, and so you can, you can really see, it says, oh, wait a minute. And, and now, I mean, they, they've got their marketing spend to under $50,000 a month. And they're actually are, are of, of the of the leads that the market will give them because actually the market is much slower. There's you know, actually a very limited supply of houses on market in the real estate market right now, you know. But you know they're actually able to to make things effectively work and find a way to 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 survive. And 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 and, and some of those industries like now that are in the that are connected to the real estate sector. So if you're in real estate sales, if you're in um, you know, commercial property management, uh, re residential rental property management. You know, we got a few markets in those that we work with that, you know, we're, we're actually seeing some cities have some weakness in terms of occupancy rates now uh, for the first time in a while. Um, if you're a mortgage lender, we got a conscious mortgage company that, I mean, you know, those, those industries are brutal, you know, because the market is not going to let you grow. So you have to find a way to stay in the game and survive and in, in that, whereas we've got others that plenty of demand, but can I get the labor? Can I get that next HVAC, HVAC technician? Can I get the next electrician trained? You know, can I, uh, you know, get the next plumber trained? And, and those people are, are challenged out the wazoo with labor. So I know we're, we're, we're getting close here on time. And so I guess if we were to kind of kind of wrap everything up and put a bow on it, uh, Greg, feel free to jump in here. But I would say, you know, it's a, it's a difficult marketplace. As you said, there's a street fight going on out there. You've got to jump in and kind of find your way um, for the foreseeable future. It looks like it's going to be that way. So you can't play defense forever. At some point in time, you got to shift and play a little bit of offense. Uh, I've got a client who puts it this way. You mentioned HVAC and, and I love what they say. You know, when it's 90 degrees outside, 100 degrees outside, anyone can sell air conditioning. It's whenever it's 75 and, and, and pleasant that, that it's really difficult. And so the next part's really important. You have to make your own weather. And we're in a, we're in an environment right now to where you have to make your own weather. Well, and, and I would say that the, the main metric that people are having to pay attention to is how much margin does in what we call contribution margin. So after gross margin and, and you take out and subtract direct labor, that's contribution margin, what many people would call gross profit. We, we like the term contribution margin uh, that we'll talk about in future podcasts more specifically. But it's that contribution margin relative to management labor is the key right now. And so you got to really take a hard look at your management team and say, are you necessary? Are you helping produce something? Because once again, when we were given the, the gifts of the market and growing, we said, oh, we can add this position. We can add that position. We can you know, do this. And, and most of our clients that are having to right size, it's, it's not the direct labor that they're cutting. It's the management labor that they're cutting and they're resetting their management teams and, and, and thinking about, you know, how do you help contribute that team to go produce? 
and and that's really the key and and really with the increase in wages especially of the producing part of the economy of your direct labor you're going to have to have managers that because those direct labor people are getting paid more i may have thinner margins so i've got to get managers that can manage more than what they were used to doing and i think that's where several of the folks that that i've talked to in recent uh, in probably the last six months have kind of figured out that's really their path forward. Yeah. Okay. Excellent guys. I think we, I think we survived that one. Everyone who's listening, any, any complaints, please send them to Brandon and Greg. Um, that'll be the rule from, that'll be the rule from here on out. Um, you can go to CRICPA.org email addresses are there and everything, and you can, you can hammer it out there, but no, seriously, appreciate you all joining in. Um, had a great time on this, uh, on this first one and looking forward to, uh, to more to come. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you, Brandon and Greg, and uh, see you soon. If you want to know more about driving sustainable profitability for your business or are interested in learning more about CRI Simple Numbers, please visit our website at simplenumberscri.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Profitability Playbook, the Simple Numbers podcast. You can subscribe to Profitability Playbook on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. The views expressed on Profitability Playbook, the Simple Numbers podcast, are those of the presenter and moderator and do not necessarily reflect the views of CRI Simple Numbers or the CRI family of companies. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace professional advice received directly. Consult with your CRI Simple Numbers advisor or another trusted professional if you have questions about your specific situation.